Hey, America, check out 16W with Norman. All the self-deprecation and stupidity you can handle available wherever you download and listen. Rate, share, and review. I'm Chris Cody. Yeah, I feel dirty. I feel a little dirty, Norman, not going to lie. But it's fine. It's not your fault. I did it for someone else, so you're only just thinking, oh, he did it for someone else. I might as as well do it. Maybe you haven't even seen the other ones I've done, and you were just taking a shot in the dark. So I could have probably gotten away with not doing this one, but here we are. What's happening, everybody? It is Friday, January 29th ish uh yeah january 29th and uh it's a good day today i uh was able to get back in the gym for the first time in like 156 days so that was that felt incredible to do that i'm already a little bit sore so we'll see how that pans out but uh it's beautiful weather out today it's like in the mid 60s sunny no breeze it's real calm out it's nice being down here and seeing people uh up north just struggling with the snow and and just miserable but uh <clears throat> but yeah, well, things are good, man. We have uh, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you got the Super Bowl coming up here in Tampa with, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard that Tom Brady is playing in, in you know, the first team to play in their home stadium and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's funny. We have uh, on Facebook, there's a message, a group, and the group is like a bunch of towns around here, Lutz, Lando Lakes, um, and it's basically like a buy sell type thing. So, you know, I got I got old dish set. I'm putting it on here. You know, old sheets, old bed, you know, motorcycles, like any any type of products to get rid of, like a yard sale type stuff. So uh, people started seeing the tickets for the game start at like nine grand because there's only twenty two thousand people going to this game. So they uh, <clears throat> so as a goof, people are doing stuff on there like making just drawing a skull and crossbones on a t shirt and calling it an old school Buccaneers. Shirt look like you're a fan, been a fan forever, and you know, uh, and you could like pose and tell everybody like how you've been a fan so long. The shirt's so old. Um, then someone was selling solo cups. It was a red solo cup instead official official beverage holder of the uh, Super Bowl in Tampa, uh, and they were asking seventy dollars for a, a plastic solo cup. Like the prices are so inflated for everything because the Super Bowl's coming here. People are goofing and putting stupid shit up there for next to nothing. It's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, we have um, a lot of crazy stuff going on. We have, you know, in sports, it, you know, the Bills had a great run this year. I really would have loved to see them, really love to see them pull it off. They just kind of ran out of gas. And, and it wasn't so much from what I saw, the the players failing and, and, like, you know, just making bad plays. It was just seemed like they were a little outcoached. Like um, like uh, the Bucks. I think it's Leslie Frazier, is the D.C., uh, just seemed to have his number on offense, like kind of knew what they were calling and, and just, you know, played him pretty well. So <clears throat> I think the Bills will be back. I think uh, I think the Patriots and I think the AFC East is actually probably going to go on a pretty good run. I mean, think of that division. If you have now Deshaun Watson on the Jets, you know Bill Belichick's going to go out and get like Matt Stafford or you know, somebody somebody that kind of can run his system the way Brady ran the system, you know, smart in pocket, give him protection and let him pick you apart. Um, uh, you know, the uh, the Jets, listen, if the Jets get to Sean Watson, I think that they are immediately a potential wild card, even though they struggled so bad. I, you know, they get him in a, in a playmaker. They could be, you know, competing in that division. 
Uh, Buffalo's going to be good. Buffalo's just got it good. Hopefully they can um, re-sign Josh Allen and, you know, out of his rookie deal, get him the money he needs and not have to sacrifice too much other stuff because that's ultimately what happens here in the NFL now. You, you build a team. The team is, you know, a piece away. You get that, that young quarterback comes in. He's under this rookie contract scale. So basically how the NFL works in your rookie contract, where you're drafted, you almost know exactly to the penny what your signing bonus is going to be and what your, um, what your, uh, salary is going to be for the year so and it does it I think it's I think it's four years and then if you're drafted in the first round the team has a player option so if you're a first rounder and you're good they have an option to pick up for a fifth year if they if they spend a first round draft pick on you I believe that's how it works and um and uh so you got the Jets and then the Dolphins the Dolphins are also in the mix for Deshaun Watson so he might be going to the AFC East either way um I just find it crazy that the, like going to the Jets, they spent all that draft capital. Darnold was number two overall, and uh, and now within you know in, going into his fourth year. And granted, he hasn't played great, but he's not a terrible quarterback. He's just got nothing around him. So you know he um, if he if he can actually get it together and they can get him some protection and some playmakers, he would be all right. But you're going to give up on him spending all that draft capital and and send him to Houston with. A couple, like three, I saw three first round picks or some some crazy stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I think that division is going to be better. I think Belichick's got something up his sleeve. He's not going to stay down too long. And then you got, um, you know, the rest of the division kind of scrambling to get, you know, to fill in some holes and, and compete. So uh, as far as, you know, the the Chiefs go, I mean, what what more, how many more superlatives can you give a team? I mean, they... They play really well. I think I think I'm going to make a prediction next week before the Super Bowl, but the way I'm leaning right now is I'm leaning towards the Bucks for for one real main reason is they can get home to Patrick Mahomes with the front four, especially with Fisher their tackle being out. So you got a a fill-in left tackle and he's going against uh Shaq Barrett and and JPP. That that might be a lot, you know, a lot of too much for them to handle on the offensive line, disrupt Patrick Mahomes enough so that they can get in there and kind of do their thing. You know, the game in Green Bay, it should have been a blowout. I mean, it was lucky it wasn't a blowout. Aaron Rodgers makes a few plays that just, you're like, how the hell does he do that? Like, how does he put the ball in that spot so perfect? Like the the pass he threw against the Cowboys in the playoffs like two or three years ago, Basically, a guy sliding out of bounds. He hits him perfect timing. Gets drags his knees across the turf, and he's rolling out to his left. Like to roll out to your left if you're a righty and have to throw back across your body. It's such unbelie- It's such an unbelievable talent to be able to do that and and just make it look easy. The way he's running one way and slinging the other way, and the ball is just perfect. But Green Bay was just outmatched. I mean, the second half. Even though Brady struggled in the second half, the uh, you know, the, the the Green Bay just couldn't get out of their own way. And then once their pass rush picked up in the second half, I mean, it was like open season. They were just all over. They were all over uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know. And and who knows? I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I mean, you'd have to – I mean, Deshaun Watson's contract's set up where he has all the cards. I mean, it's literally – he's the house. He can make the demands of whatever he wants. He could literally say tomorrow, I only want to go to the Jets, only talk to the Jets. If you can't make it work out with anybody else, you know, I don't want to go anywhere else. And basically, Houston's going to have to either say, uh, all right, we'll go to the Jets, and the Jets can say, well, fuck you. We're only going to give you 
Darnold and one first round pick because no one else is bidding against us. It's like eBay with nobody nobody bidding on the other side, and then uh, you know then they they have to figure out and pick up the pieces of what they're going to do in Houston with with that team. But they're that 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 organization is a shit show. Like they just don't have it together. So uh, so I, I just for me like, one of the things I'd love to do. I'm listening to I'm listening to Chris Long's podcast. Chris Long, defensive lineman, uh, played for the Rams most of his career. Played back to back years, won two Super Bowls, one with the Patriots, I think, against the Falcons, and then the next year came back and and uh, and played for the Eagles. And when they were having you know the, the Philly the Philly special yellow bus special um, when the Eagles won. So he won back-to-back Super Bowls. He's Howie Long's son. He has a podcast. It's, it's really cool. It's like listening to, it's like getting an inside look at what goes on in a locker room, you know, and, and, uh, and kind of hearing it from a player's perspective. Like he was talking something the other day about, uh, you know, the front office there, they spend their whole day discussing players and when, how good they are, what they can do, blah, blah, blah. And then when the players started talking about the coaches and like having conversations about which coaches do what and how they coach, they got all the coaches got all bent out of shape and we're like, are you guys talking about us? And he, like he he gives you an inside of that locker room, which is cool. It's a, it's a good podcast. If you if you like football, he's got some entertainment guys on there that are good too. Um, and he's got he's getting guests from from all over. Like he's got a, a wide wide mix of guests, and he's just he seems like a really good dude. Some of the stuff he does uh, in Africa. And then uh, with water, like getting getting water to places that don't have drinking water, like that, that's uh, that's incredible philanthropy. And then um, and the other show, it's so good now. It went back. Like, so I've been listening to the Dan Lebitard show for probably six years, five or six years. The show is great. There's a ton of inside jokes. So if you if you start to tune into it and it's and you're like not on the inside, it takes a little while to get used to all the shit talk that they do. But they were on ESPN, you know, and I, on on ESPNU. So I would have it on in the background at work, and I would watch it and listen to it or whatever. But uh, but they left ESPN, so they left and went to this other company, Meadowlark, and it's the old president of ESPN running Meadowlark and Lebetard and his like little network of of podcasts now are on there. It's really good. I mean, it's better. I mean, they can talk more freely. They don't have like the restraints of uh, ESPN, Dis- Disney, kind of hanging over their heads that they have to do. Uh, certain content they have to talk about, you know, a box score or whatever, and that show's just not like it. It's not really to me. It's a sports talk show. It's in that genre, but it's like a non-sports talk sports talk show. If that makes any sense, like they just they cover a whole bunch of stuff. But they went to Twitch. They did a video on Twitch yesterday, and it was um it was pretty good. I mean, they they the thing that frustrated me when COVID hit and everybody was kind of working from home. All these shows on ESPN started coming back and they would have, you know, Zoom meetings or they'd have people in boxes and doing all this stuff. And the Levitard show, it was like the redheaded stepchild at ESPN. They're like, well, we're not going to give you shit. Just put a graphic up of a cartoon where your houses are, it's bouncing to each one of your locations around Miami. And that was on the screen for like three months. And it's like, you know, not that I'm like need to see the people I'm listening to, but like it, they just didn't seem to put any money into like getting them right when everybody else was getting right. Um, so, uh, and, and, and the show's just funny. I mean, the, the cast of characters, they all have a, a role, um, and they play the role, they play their roles pretty well. So, uh, listening to a bunch of that stuff the past couple days, kind of just hanging out, um, doing my thing. I actually, one of my biggest things, like if someone said to me, like, if you could like get, have an opportunity to do something, like some people would say skydiving or climbing Mount Everest or, 
I'm not that hiking athletic guy, although it seems cool. I just I don't want to freeze and die or have my toes cut off if I stick my toe in the, in the snow too long, which I'd probably end up doing. And then, uh, but I would love to be able to sit in a film room with a quarterback and you know an NFL quarterback and be able to watch them break down film, just like the way that they would prepare for a game, just to see some of the nuance that gets lost in in watching it on TV. Like there's plays where the quarterback drops back and he's got, you know, he's tapping the football. He's got like three, four, five seconds. Can't find anybody and he gets sacked. And, you know, people are like, oh, that was a great play by whoever who's sacking the quarterback. But the reality was it was like a battle of attrition. It's two bears running into each other. One's got to give in eventually. The real credit goes to the defensive backs for keeping keeping everybody covered up for that long a time and give them time to get home. So, you know, that's just a, a rudimentary example, but I'd like to see like how some of these guys, like even though he didn't have a long career, like Dan Orlowski's on ESPN and he does a lot of that stuff. He would be cool one to do it with. I'd love to do it kind of with Chris Long just because his, his perspective on stuff is, is pretty neat. But um, that would be like my bucket list, one of my bucket list things to be able to do. And it sounds kind of lame, like sitting and watching film, but I've been watching football for um, 40, I'll be 49 I've been watching football for 42 years, 43 years, since I'm five or six years old, uh, growing up right by the Meadowlands. So, um, so I've seen some. I've watched football my whole life and and kind of done that. But it's uh, it's definitely a different world when you can break shit down a little further and find out, like you know, this is why the quarterback looked off this guy because the safety was rotating or whatever. That that shit would be really cool and interesting to me to uh, be able to see that stuff. But. Um, you know the 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 Bucks went up to to Green Bay. Green Bay used to be like nobody wins in Green Bay. It's so hard to win a playoff game. They were like undefeated at home until like I think Michael Vick and a Falcons team went in there in the divisional round. I think oh two or oh three. The year I think it was the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl or something like that. Eagles played the Falcons in the AFC NFC Championship game. But Michael Vick went up there and he he beat their ass and then. Obviously, the Giants did it twice, once to Brett Favre in the championship game, once to Aaron Moon in the divisional game, which, by the way, Eli Manning completely outplayed him in that game. Um, you know, it just Aaron Rodgers just had a bad day, and Giants pretty much blew him out. And then uh, that's three. And then, and then this last one, Tampa Bay goes in there and does it. You know, and, and the crazy thing is, I, before the game, I picked Green Bay. I just kind of felt like Green Bay was going to have it. I knew Vita Vea was coming back, and he ch- totally changes the complexion of that defensive line. Because uh, he's like a load to move around, but um, but yeah, see, so I you know, I, but I just don't know why people. I, I'm at the point now where I think Kansas City's better, but I, how do you go against Tom Brady? I mean, how do you how do you bet against the guy? What he's doing, honestly, I, in my opinion, and I'm not talking about athletically. Obviously, LeBron James is great, right? So everybody kind of compares these, you know, the goat in whatever category. The reason to me, Tom Brady's the goat of goats is the fact that LeBron has won these titles and always competed and all that stuff, but it's a, he's a one guy on a five-man team. He's, he could take over immediately. Once the ball touches his hands, he's got 20% of the control of what happens. So, like, he can single-handedly, although lately you got to get super teams, you got to build up a couple guys, but he, with a couple of guys, he can win. You know, he can take over a game and he can just barrel through and get the win, get to the playoffs and do what he does. Football is such a team sport that, like, I mean, look at it. Like, Dan Fouts was a great quarterback. Never even been to the Super Bowl. Dan Marino, great quarterback. 
been to one Super Bowl, I think his rookie year, and then never got back. Like just to, just to get to the Super Bowl is one thing, and then to win it is a totally different thing. Um, it's just uh, the NFL. I, I can't go against Tom Brady. To, just the stuff that he's doing. It, it, the NFL and these guys are going to be playing longer and longer because if they keep changing rules to protect the quarterback so they barely get a whiff. Then you're gonna have you're gonna have uh, guys playing until they're forty because they're they're not getting touched. They might as well wear like a red over you know jersey over their over their uniform. So, oh, have a coke and a smile. If Diet Coke wants to sponsor the show, it's product placement. Have a coke and a smile. Boom. Um. So uh, so yeah, the NFL the Super Bowl is gonna be good. It's another week away. Um. I'm interested to see you know how how the offensive and defensive line holds up. I think that that kind of plays the the role there. But I'll I'll do a, a real prediction with a score sometime next week. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I the stock market. So I've said before on here, my brother in law is like the smartest guy, like like ridiculously like Rain Man smart, but without the autism, he is like ridiculous. So he reads all these these things, finds all these, uncovers all this stuff about things that are going on. Whether it's COVID, he looks at the, at the data and he reads it, and I'm just like, my eyes get cross-eyed. I'm like, I'll wait for the COVID movie to come out, and then I'll I'll chime in. But uh, but he, you know, we're talking about the stock market, and he's a financial guy. He's, he, it's what he does for a living. So uh, you know, we're just talking about how crazy it is how a group of guys on a message board can rally enough to take a stock that's pretty much worthless. Like, there's GameStop is like Blockbuster, soon to be extinct. Like, there's everything's digital downloads. There's no not a lot of people getting hard, you know, hard copies of discs to play or whatever. So uh, this company's basically un, like totally ready to go under. So all these hedge fund guys buy all these shares short, hoping for the company to fall apart, and then they, they actually make a bunch of money. So these guys on Reddit just rallied together and said, fuck this, let's let's hedge fund the hedge fund guys. And basically, they just started buying all this stock up, and they, got the, they bought so much of it that what happens when you buy short, I guess you have to actually buy the shares back to get out of your short position. So... The hedge fund was so overwhelmed they couldn't they didn't have enough money to buy back enough shares to to jockey their position. So it's almost like they're pinned down, and these guys just keep piling on, saving money. Now, I don't know what it's doing today. I mean, I uh, I don't even have it. I don't even have it up here. It's uh, what are we saying? We're saying GameStop, G M E. Uh, they are right now as I'm taping this. Yeah, they're they're down. It's down to two two fifty five. 255.02, and it you know it was up to as high as 363 to open or 382 right around open. So uh, it's definitely it's definitely down a little bit, but um, you know at some point some these people are just going to sell off to get out and take their money and run. I mean they got life changing wealth. There's people that got life changing wealth out of doing this. You know buying a you know, buying a share at twelve dollars and it goes up to three hundred. I mean Jesus. Depending on your investment, you're good. You're in good shape. But uh, so that's going on with that. The other big one was uh, AMC. Again, I don't know if that's just in play because pandemic hit them hard and they they struggling and now they're going to bounce back. I don't know, you know, what the the thing behind that or what if what if if somebody else has a hedge position on this on these guys and they want to um, 
and they're kind of doing the same thing to them. So uh, it's definitely interesting to see a that a, a, a small message board is so powerful that it has the capability of basically potentially shutting down our finance or bankrupting a hedge fund. They definitely have the uh, the ability to do that. So. Um, it's just insane how it started. And then to see if it continues. I mean, I've seen message boards where there's lists of other stocks that uh, you know, have a position that's similar to the one GameStop had. And uh, somebody has a, a short buy on it. And they have the ability to you know, tell who's buy, you know, how much of a short position is on that stock. And apparently, these, these guys are going to just rally from stock to stock and blow them up like crazy and, and you know, beat the shit out of the hedge guys. And then get out of them. So, I mean, it's interesting to see. I don't want to see the whole financial system collapse. I mean, I'd like to see uh, our currency still be valid and anarchy not exist. But the reality is that uh, if these put these hedge funds out of business, you know, what's next? And the government, I mean, not the government, but, you know, the the... The players that are in bed with each other, the players that are in bed with the with the hedge fund guys, you know, go to these places like Robinhood and you know the online trading, the free trading sites and stuff, and uh, basically tell them you got to shut your doors, give us a chance to dig out of this hole, and basically just arbitrarily said, you know, fuck you, everyday investor, our retail client who is, you know, we thought was the the main the main audience, apparently not, apparently the main audience is. Uh, whoever's up higher on the food chain at the hedge funds, but the, these some bunch of these sites just say, "Hey, fuck you! You're not allowed to buy any more GameStop, Nokia, uh, and uh, AMC." They all, they all three of them, basically, you you could go in and try to do an order, but it wouldn't let you buy. It would only let you sell if you held the position. So uh, that's fucked up. That, there's no other way to describe it. That's just fucked up. It's like, hey, look, somebody f- outsmarted you in investing, which is what hedge funds guys. Basically, hang their hat on. I mean, they don't do anything. They just they just find companies that they can basically obliterate, and uh, and it's just nice to see. It's it's interesting to see that a group of people on Reddit that get rallied together to start this swell and this kind of movement. Uh, I think it's incredible. I, I think it's super interesting. I think it's um it's one of those things that uh, maybe shifts the balance of power a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that's gone on in the last year, you know, or last couple years. Between the meme two movement and Black Lives Matter, and um, there's there's groups of people that are that are able to able to get their voice out where they you know we didn't hear any of that stuff before you know women women suffered with guys you know basically drooling over them or patting them on the rear end and you know uh, you know watching like a what's his face on on Mad Men like that's how like the lifestyle was you know hey baby blah blah blah. You know, and women just dealt with that shit forever. And then, you know, black people, fuck, I mean, I, there's there's no, I mean, they just, it, just gotten beaten down for so long. And it's just, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I, I listen, I can't understand. I can't, I can't comprehend what it would be like, obviously. I mean, I just can't do it. But the reality is I've been out with buddies of mine, black guys, Jersey City, New Jersey, hanging out on the corner and just kind of bullshitting, not doing anything shady. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that time maybe having a few drinks or, you know, maybe smoking some weed. I don't know what we were doing, but we weren't hurting anybody. We were just sitting on the corner kind of hanging out. And uh, and just the way I was spoken to compared to the way they were spoken to, 
that just told me everything I needed to know. Like I didn't, I, even though I didn't have to experience it at, at my hand, I being right there on the periphery and watching it, um, it, it just told me. And, and I and I don't blame cops for it. I mean, I, they're the cat, they're the catalyst, they're the lightning rod, right? Because they're the ones doing it. But I also see their side of it too. They don't know if we have guns. They don't know if we're violent offenders. They're trying to ascertain as they approach somebody how big of a threat that person is. And, you know, honestly, obviously there's bad apples. There's bad apples everywhere. But in general, I think law enforcement does a really good job. I mean, the, the difficulty, if I, if I had to get up for work every day knowing that I might not come home that night, that's a that's a stressful job. I might just stop a guy and try to give him a ticket, and he's got a warrant out and doesn't want to go to jail and and shoots at me. I mean, all that stuff is um, it, like that's scary shit. Like that's that's man enough to go do that shit. And then so I, it's hard to blame him. I mean, I I I can't obviously can't condone the shit that the shit that went on with George Floyd. That's just absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um. You know that guy's fucked. I mean, I don't know where they're going to keep him if they're if he's going to go into general population. He's dead in like seventy two hours. I don't see him lasting. Uh, so I don't think they're going to put him there. But uh, but you know his his life's over for what? Like just it's so it's so uh, it's just it's so incomprehensible that someone could do that to another human being that was not a threat. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. At the time, I'm not there. I don't know what kind of threat the guy was. I don't know if he was mouthing off, if he was talking shit. I just know that, you know, to, for eight or nine minutes to slowly choke somebody out and kill them, that's just judge, jury, and executioner for, for what? Like, it's so, it's so incomprehensible that that could happen. But it did happen. Shit just blew up. Um and, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, all that shit going on in the middle of a pandemic, it was like, fuck, man, the world, like, apocalypse, like, the world is coming to an end. We, somebody bail me out. Um, but, you know, we, uh, we have all this stuff going on. We have uh, big family news coming up soon. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, so today's a good day. It's Friday. Uh, you know, I got to go to the gym. Uh, gonna find out some some good news here in a, in a day or two. Uh, everything's going smooth. It's beautiful out. Norman is Norman is sound asleep. Snoring and enjoying his his co-hosting skills and duties. Really kind of shirking me on that. He's not really putting in any weight, but. Um, I just wanted to come on, do a little podcast, and tell you a little bit about what's going on also with uh, my rehab back to the gym. So I did go to the gym today. I got clearance from the doctor yesterday. Uh, I don't, I can't do any flying taekwondo kicks around the gym, which I wouldn't do anyway. But, uh, you know, as long as I'm kind of uh, stationary, I can do pretty much everything and anything I wanted to do. And um, and the doctor was cool yesterday. You know, I said, I said to my wife, I'm like, I'm going to go to the doctor. He's going to give me the all clear for the gym. And she's like, listen pump the brakes. Wait till you hear from the doctor. Like, do I have to come with you to make sure the doctor's telling you you're all clear or can you do this on your own? Because I, I might lie. I, I might lie if, I, if he said, you know, listen, lay low for another week or two. I might just say, oh, he told me to just go light. That's definitely in the in the realm of possibility. So uh, I understand her where she's coming from. Um, but, you know, I went to the doctor and he basically said, look, you're all clear. You can't, you can't do any more damage to what you got going on. 
uh, the hole in my back and uh, all good. I mean, I've gained probably about 10 pounds. It's kind of fluctuated. My weight was up to like, I went was from 185 when I did the last video and now I was up to 205 and now I'm down to like 195. So my, my weight fluctuates 10 to 15 pounds in any direction at any given time. So I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to pack some weight on to get a little bigger here uh, to help with my workouts, which is what my goal is. Um, as far as other stuff going on, I, uh, I got this great thing happening. Like I've, I've been, one of the habits I have that I hate, I've always hated it is I bite my nails. I've always, I'm always watching like, especially when I watch the Knicks every night, like the, I had to stop watching them. They were so bad. I would be like literally nibbling on the tip of my finger to just, they stressed me out. Like watching the Knicks stressed me out. But I would do it. I bite my nails. Watching the Giants, I'm pacing and biting my nails. So I always hated it. But about three weeks ago, I had to get Invisalign. I got the the plastic, the plastic stuff. Uh, you know, they put anchors on your teeth and basically fit this stuff. And you change them out every couple weeks. And it, you know, it's the the Draymond Green stuff. Um, yeah. If you need another spokesperson, Invisalign. I, I you know I can do commercials. You guys can come here and sponsor. You guys and Coke. I uh, have some. I'll have some big sponsors coming in. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Invisalign, the byproduct of the Invisalign is I can't bite my nails. So it's plastic, soft, like not soft, but rounded plastic. So even if I'm nervous, I couldn't bite my nails anyway. So now I actually have nails. I haven't, I don't think I've ever had like the little front white parts on my nails ever. And I actually have that now. So a uh, byproduct of getting braces and fixing my fucked up teeth is I, I don't have to bite my nails anymore. So, um, so yeah, so Nothing really planned crazy for the weekend. It's that weekend between the Super Bowl. There's some other stuff going on around here, um, but uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens with uh, with the Super Bowl coming here. I don't know how crazy it's gonna be. Like my buddy Don and I, 2000. It was 2001. It was like January 2001, uh, before September 11th. We, um, him and I, went. We were sitting in his apartment. We we're watching the Giants just dismantle a really good Minnesota Viking team in the NFC Championship game. Kerry Collins was just lighting it up. Giants win like forty-one to nothing or something like that. And it's a team with Randy Moss on it, and I think Dante Culpepper. Or I, 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 they had a good team in ninety in two thousand and one. So uh, we're watching them just get dismantled. So this is before smartphones, before the internet, before you know, not before the internet, but before. Um, you know, before you had a smartphone where you could do like computer stuff, you know, you had to go to a computer to do it. So we're sitting there and I'm like, listen, the Super Bowl's in Tampa. Giants are in it, playing the Ravens. Let's just, let's, instead of staying in Tampa, let's just stay in Orlando. It's only an hour drive. We'll hang out in Orlando. We could chill there. There's bars there to hang out at. And then just go to the Super Bowl on Sunday. We'll bring like two grand cash. We'll go to the Super Bowl and we'll, uh, you know, and we'll just hang out and have a good time. And then when it's over, we'll go back to Orlando and crash and then go home. So a couple things with this, this particular story. So we go to this hotel. So we, we, we scramble to get it together, right? Before September 11th, you could bring whatever drugs you wanted on a plane. You could bring a knife. You could do all sorts of crazy shit. So we're partying like, you know, like rock stars, like Mick Jagger. And we, uh, we end up finding a hotel, a rent-a-car, an airfare. Grand total was like 280 a piece. So the whole thing, like, like the flight was like $76 to Orlando. Uh, it was off season at Disney where we were staying. So the, the room was like real cheap. And then the rent-a-car was cheap. I think it might have been like 260 or 360 each. 
So it was super cheap, flew down, had the cash, going to the game, we're hanging out. We're at our hotel the night before, and there's a guy with Raven shit on. He's, his daughter's like 18, 19, laying out, you know, getting a tan. And he's just talking shit. Like, he wouldn't let up. He's like, oh, we're going to tear you guys up tomorrow. Just fucking busting our balls. So, so we're like, yeah, no, no way, dude. We're going to uh, see what we put up last week. We put up 41 points on the Vikings. We shut their offense down. We could shut your shitty offense. Like, we were just talking shit. We were high, but we were talking shit or whatever. So we... We end up going to the game. We're walking up Dale Mayberry to the stadium and talking to a whole bunch of people. And the game had already started. Like, the kickoff had already happened. And we're just staggering around trying to find a place that might have a decent ticket. Guy comes up to us. He's like, look, I got 1700 bucks for these tickets. We look at, you know, we're looking up the tickets. He's like, where's the ticket? It's in the, the end zone corner, like, next to last row of the stadium. And you want 1700 bucks for a game that already started? Like, come on, bro. Give me a break. That's a little fucking ridiculous. So, we're like, fuck this. There was a bunch of guys from, like, Heights and Woodridge, or uh, I think Heights. Yeah, and Woodridge. Moonaki. Hanging out at a bar right down the street. Ironically, the bar down the street is literally right across from my orthopedic surgeon who did my shoulder. But, we go to this bar and we're just, we're just lit up. I mean, once the game started to be a blowout, it was, like, foggy from, like, mid-third quarter to the end. And we're like, fuck this. We go, we go to leave. I buy a bunch of shitty NFC Championship t-shirts because they didn't win the Super Bowl, so I can't buy that shit. It's now like 4 in the morning. We're driving back to Orlando. and We're just wrecked. Like, I don't... Listen, my buddy Don could drive a car wasted perfectly, like perfectly normal. I mean, he was basically like my... I, he was like my seeing eye human when I would get crazy. He would like guide me to where places to go. We'd hang out. He'd be like, I'm going to sit here, do this, whatever. We, uh, we had a blast. We, he's driving back to Orlando. We, I still got a stray hand jersey on. He's wearing giant shit. And there's a Waffle House. And we're starving. You know, you're drunk and you, you want to go and grab something greasy to eat. And we stumble into Waffle House right across the street from our, you know, where our hotel was. And the whole fucking place, every seat is Ravens fans. And there's a, one open seat all the way at the end. So we're like, fuck, you know what, fuck, it's bright in here, already it's bright, you're like, fuck this, start walking down, and as we're walking down, you hear just every person start snickering and laughing, and like, I mean, your team won, I get it, but fuck, it was just miserable, we're sitting there, and then we were, people started talking shit to us, and it was, you know, we were just goofing around, but it was like the walk of shame, walking with Michael Strahan jersey on, I'm like 340 pounds, and I'm like, Step by step, hearing the hissing and the giggling, and I'm like, fuck. So we do that, and then uh, we told the guy who wanted to, was talking shit at the hotel, we said, you know, uh, if, if, the Giants, if the Giants win, we're going to come bang on your door at like 6 in the morning when we get home from the game. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing to you. Like, he didn't know where our fucking room was. Um, but we were wasted. We we're like, look, if this guy comes and bangs on the door, we're just going to have to beat the shit out of him and like fucking cut his kidney out and leave it in, in the bathtub and fill it with ice so we you know but he didn't show up we were wrecked that flight home was just miserable uh a lot of that time frame a lot of that time frame was just rough there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on that that shouldn't have been going on but we uh somehow we we talk about it all the time we have like a group text like four of us uh you know that i guys i grew up with and like randomly we'll get a text and i'll be like do you remember the time we did this like what was that person's name or you know, like that type of shit. And then uh, it'll be like, do you remember the time we did this? And it'll be some shenanigans 
that we did and everybody just writes back like how did we survive how did we how how are, did we come out of this unscathed for years and years just throwing all sorts of stuff to the wind and um and you know just coming through it somehow i don't i don't know how i we you know we we laugh about that shit like how did you make it how did you end up getting out and making it to this far and i mean my one buddy's got three kids my other buddy's got two kids three kids so they each you know they each got three kids living in new jersey i mean their life is full of you know kid events and homeschooling and regular schooling and uh all the kind of shit that the kids are into and they're all cute they're all adorable all well-mannered. My friends, I, I think about what maniacs my friends were, and they're all raising, like, the politest fucking kids on the planet. And I'm like, I want, I want them, like, to be like, I want my, my buddy Mike's son to get to about 18, 19 and start telling him some of the crazy shit his dad did. He'll, <laughs> he won't mouth off anymore, or if he ever does. I don't think he does. He's a good kid. They, um, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know how my buddies did it. Like, they, they, they raised these kids. And my, my, my buddy Don's got three girls. Like, dude, I, 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 he gets so pissed. I'd be like, listen, just, just keep them off the pole, bro. If you keep them off the pole, you're doing your job as a parent. <laughs> and, they, I mean, they're the cutest little kids, and they are ball busters. One, he has twins. One is exactly like his wife, and one is exactly like him. It is hilarious to watch the shit that they do. Um, you know, it's pretty funny, but we... Uh, we just we get together maybe once every couple of years. Like I went up to New Jersey for like a long weekend in July before my mom passed away, and uh, basically just slept on my buddy Mike's couch and went to all the places I like to eat, like pizza places, hamburger joints, hot dog joints, uh, White Castle. I, you know, just started pinging off. I think I, I brought I only brought sweatpants because I knew I wasn't going to be able to f- squeeze into jeans. I wouldn't be able to squeeze my ass into some jeans after eating the way I ate, but. Uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, we I had a blast uh, hanging out up there, but I don't do. I only can do it in the summer. I'm a big pussy. I don't like the snow, uh, and it, it, you know, it, I can't do it too long. Like it's, I'm just crashing with somebody, so it's like, uh, and it's usually just me. My wife don't give a shit about that stuff. Like she, she, she likes the one place she likes is there's a place in Rochester called Nick Tahoe's, and it's like um, they call these things garbage place. And I don't know if they still call it Nick Tahoe's. I think it got sold. Um, Basically, it's it's a the garbage plate is like a hamburger or a hot dog, and then you could pick like you want mac and cheese on it. Do you want uh, chili? Yeah, they have options that you can throw on this shit. And they and basically they put the hamburger on the plate, open face. So you can get French fries, tater tots, whatever other sides you want, and they just load all the shit on one giant plate, and you just shovel it in. Like it's it's I mean it's good it's good. I mean if you're if I was drunk and it was like four in the morning, it would be perfect for me, but. I don't drink anymore, so it's not. Uh, it's just gross going in there. Like I feel my arteries just kind of clogging as I'm shoveling the shit in my mouth. But uh, that's her one spot that she likes to go to. But I have like I have like five, five or six spots that are just these holes in the wall in New Jersey, and they just have they have good food. Like uh, especially like White Mana, man. Not White Castle. White Mana is in Hackensack. It's fucking great, man. It's it's so great. I, I just. Uh, it's like the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. You walk in and they're like, you know, what do you have? And you got to order quick. Now, now we did it. We did it in July after COVID, and you can't go in there. The place is so small. I think it's got like twenty five seats, and they're all around a bar, and you got to squeeze in. And when the place is packed, it's standing room only, three deep, ordering shit and crazy. And they get your order right. They're cooking it on the grill right in front of you. Uh, you know, someone comes from the back and says, "Who needs fries?" And they get like six orders of fries. They start giving those to you. They give you your drink. 
And I usually, because, you know, being a fat ass, I would get the fries and the drink. I'd eat them while I'm waiting. And then I'd get another order of fries after I ate like six six or seven white mana burgers. They're like, you know, they're sliders. They're not that big. Um, I always hit that place. Always there. And then there's two hot dog places. It's basically, they're kind of the same. Um, but I usually hit both of them. One is on Route 46, Hank's Frank's. It's been there forever. Um, and then I love the hot dog house in Callstat. I just go, I'll, I'll get like dirty, dirty water dogs and eat those. I'm a total pig slob. I, um, the other thing I do, uh, you know, I said Diet Coke, sponsoring the show. Diet Coke, thank you. Thank you for the love. Um, I, uh, I'm, I drink so much Diet Coke. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's so addicting. And then, like, I can't sleep at night. I'm like this restless sleeper. And we have, uh, we sleep in bed. It's a, just a regular, it's kind of like a California king size bed and uh and we have dog steps that go up to the bed and when it's bedtime the three bulldogs navigate to their areas of the bed and uh my wife is at the other end of the bed and she's just she can lay there like my wife my wife can get in a position laying on her back with lucy between her legs laying on her leg and sleep the entire night like that like she's in a coffin like doesn't move uh Barely makes a sound, barely does anything. You wake up, her sheets are perfect. She just slides them back over. Uh, it's all good. And then you go to my side of the bed, and Norman has basically stolen the covers from me. I'm all restless, kicking and screaming. Like, that's just the way I sleep. I'm like a rough sleeper. I don't get a good sleep. And uh, I don't know. If I, I don't really have bad bags. I guess that when you look at it like that, I do right there. But, uh, but I just don't get good sleep. So... So she's sleeping there like a statue, and me, I'm all over the place. You get out of bed in the morning, and you just see it's like a tornado on one side, and then calm, still water on the other side. And I don't know how the fuck she does it. Like, my Norman will sleep with me, and he'll put his head on my shoulder, like, and, and be between my arm and my body, like, laying facing me with his head on my shoulder. He's so big. His head is so fat. My shoulder gets numb after, like, 10 minutes. Like, my whole arm is starting to get numb. So I have to move him around. Like, and she just fucking can sit there, sleep there. Nothing like, you know, bothers her. She has a chair in the living room. She puts two or three bulldogs on the chair with her while she's sitting there reading a book. Uh, they're all in my face. I, I sit on the chair. They're immediately up. Lucy's like, like staring me down, giving me a death stare from this close range. Norman, of course, if he sees her doing something, he's got to be involved. Like, it, it's, for me, it's just so difficult. For, for her, she's just like, I'll just sit here. Nothing, nothing kind of bothers me. And it's frustrating as fuck. It is so, uh, it's so frustrating. I just can't, uh, I just can't get comfortable when I sleep. So we, uh, so we're sitting here. It's, it's the end of January and, um, it's crazy. Our neighborhood, our neighborhood's been kind of quiet. There's, there's an election coming up, I think in February or March for our property owners association board. And there's all sorts of controversy in the neighborhood. So like, I think I've mentioned it before. Like, it's just a weird, bougie thing. This whole section where I live in, in the subdivision is just kind of stretch of, like, like, one side is South Shore. All the streets are named after, like, one's Capri Isle, one's Bermuda Isle. Uh, so, and Cory Lake Drive, where I live, goes around the whole neighborhood. So, uh, this particular section is, like, the, the first section that was developed. And basically, all the houses, if you look at them from the street... The driveway and the garage faces from side to side. So you pull in the garage, pull in the driveway. You don't pull right into your garage. You have to pull in, and it's in a side entrance. And that's you know that's kind of how every house is. 
There's no front-facing garage doors anywhere in this section. So you could drive through the whole place and from like, and there's, you can see where the markers are, where the, like the first section was. They started sectioning shit off. So, uh, so the controversy is that someone had a house built. It's three houses down from me. Apparently, it's an, it's a woman, an older woman, um, and she got a little bit, like, she, she's building this house, and it's not to spec. It's, it's not, it's, it's basically dropped on the, on the plot. The front yard, there's not a shred of grass. They made a big circular driveway, so there's no, no grass at all in the, in the front of the house. It's all stone, you know, rock. Uh, and the back of the house, there's nothing really. It's a sh- like a short, short lot. They, the way they have it set up, it's like the backyard's kind of tight. So basically, they slammed this house down there. The garage faces forward. A, a guy who lives in the neighborhood at one point, when he submitted his plans to do a front-facing garage, they made him halt construction and turn, you know, and basically change everything that's going on. And this woman somehow got a pass. And everybody's like, "Well, what the fuck? How, you know, who's she friends with?" So. There's sort of rumblings of that in the subdivision. Like, there's shady dealings going on. That's like the tip of the iceberg that people feel. I'm going to try to get uh, some some neighbors to either come on the podcast to talk about that or talk about other, you know, any kind of other stuff. But um, but uh, I got uh, a friend down the street. He's going to he's gonna maybe do a pod with me. He's a, a vet. Um, seems like a really nice guy. I've talked to him a couple times. Uh, he's going to, we're going to try to do something with him. Uh, I don't really know what yet. I don't know enough about him to know what we're gonna, what we might do or not do, or if we're just gonna kind of bullshit and kind of get acquainted. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I want to do that. I'd like to do like Corey Lake centered uh, pods. It'll be boring for a lot of people, but there's a lot of things going on in the neighborhood that people should know. So I, there's like you know, and, and get both sides of it. Like my goal is to get both sides of it. So we'll see. We'll see. I got some calls to make to some of the the power players in the neighborhood and try to see if they would be interested in doing something like this and having that conversation and, and answering some questions that people ask that they don't feel like they're getting a voice when they go to a meeting or they do a zoom meeting and you know zoom meetings are great it's definitely helped with everything that's gone on here in the past year but in a zoom meeting if, if i don't like what you're saying i could just mute you and shut you the fuck up and i don't got to hear a word you say anymore and and there's apparently been accusations of some of that stuff going on. Like people are trying to make a point in the in the, in the part of the meeting where the neighbors can get the mic, and um, and they're just basically getting shut down type of deal, which is fucked up. Uh, it, it you know it, it's 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 similar and different to to all the shit that's gone on in the past month with uh, people getting suspended from Twitter, and you, know, you see all these things like. The Ayatollah Hitler has a Twitter page, um, and he's you know he doesn't ever get banned, but Donald Trump got banned or whatever. Like people are just crazy with shit like that. Um, so and the the whole big argument is you know free speech, free speech. It's not free speech, people. You're on a platform. You're using a company's stuff. It they don't have to provide you free speech. If you want free speech to fucking tweet. Run outside the front of your house and yell your tweet out in the street. That's free speech. As long as you don't yell fire, you're good. Um, there's a different distinction between the two. If you if you are unable to comprehend that you're you're on a site, even though you haven't paid to be on that site, you get free access to their platform. If they decide they want to make a change, they want to make a change. Now, I think it's fucked up. I think it's it's totally fucked up that they would do that. Just like it's totally fucked up that these hedge fund guys are getting off the hook. I mean, if people don't start to f- kind of figure out that 
again, I've said this before, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but like, look at some of the stuff that's happened here in the past month, right? So um, all these things are happening where the, it's not really the government, where the, the everyday guy is just getting shut down. I mean, I don't know where you guys are all at, anybody that actually watches this. Um, here in Tampa, gas prices went from like 190, it's like 240 now. And literally in a two-week window, it's gone up like 40 cents. So it's, it's, that shit's just crazy. Uh, curbing everyday guys' investments is just crazy. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on and censoring people. Um, and that's what it is. It's censorship, you know, being able to censor somebody from what they want to say, but it, it's not free speech. Free speech is, you know, if I build a platform, I could say whatever I want. You know, that, that's basically it. And the network is big. The other thing I read today, too, on, on, you know, which is just crazy and I just read it quickly before I started kind of doing this, is apparently, like, Reddit message boards got shut down. Like, so there's no place for people to loiter and pick up any information now. You can't get to that thread or you can't get to conversations those people are having. But something tells me if those people are smart enough to trick, to, you know, basically flip the script on hedge fund guys, I think they'll figure out a way to be able to communicate, you know, in this, in this platform to be able to tell each other what's going on. And, you know, collude, if you will. Mm. I, uh, the other thing I love is with all the investment stuff going on, my news feed on Facebook, it's usually like amateur Twitter GMs or Facebook GMs that run football teams and want to flex how you know, much knowledge they have about shit and they, you know, uh, supposedly watch all 22s, you know, which all 22s is the, the film of the whole field so you could see everything, uh, see what's kind of going on in the back end, what the TV's not focusing on, um, you know, really hanging their hat on some of that shit. And now, instead of seeing uh, Brady this, Brady that, uh, Drew Brees' son catches a football, like all those headlines about the NFL kind of went away and all these amateur GMs and and coaches now have become, you know, day traders and their you know their whole post is about about, you know, whatever's going on today. So, you know, they uh they kind of switched up their their expertise level and they're tweeting on the financial terms now instead of on football terms or sports terms. It's pretty it's pretty funny to watch these guys kind of scramble. But uh yeah, it's it's hopefully going to be a good weekend. I hope uh, I hope I'm not too sore tomorrow after what I did today. I basically just kind of shocked every part of my body. Uh, hopefully, I won't be too crippled tomorrow. And um, and yeah, man, it's it's been pretty it's been pretty cool down here. Wanted to just kind of throw a pod together uh, on a couple different things that have been going on uh, around the house and around Tampa, and uh, and kind of see if there's anything you know if you guys have anything uh, that I can rant about. Feel free to email it to norm16w at gmail.com, N-O-R-M-16W at gmail.com. And then we also got the shout out from, so like, so the, the, all the different shit that I'm doing, like I'm not super creative. I, I, I take stuff that I like that people do and kind of mix it all together. I, I love the Levitard show, the dynamic, all the players on that show makes it really good. I definitely love Barstool Sports. I know there's some misogyny in there and there's some things that have gone on that have been kind of on the you know, on the edge. I just, I like the, the counterculture of what ESPN is 
now at Lebetard and Friends, they, it's kind of a counterculture. Barstool is definitely like the counterculture. You know, um, listen to those two and then get going with this Chris Long podcast. Those three things, just kind of watching that stuff. And then haven't listened to Howard Stern forever and ever. Like, uh, just talking about shit that's going on. Like, stories about about growing up or stories about your life, things that have happened. The honesty of that show. Uh, those are the kind of things that, that I like to talk about. And I'd love to have... It would be great if I had someone to riff with. Uh, my my brother-in-law's podcast is so much better than this one. It's actually informative, uh, entertaining, uh, professional, um, basically not this. So it, it but you know, I, I, I don't know what kind of, what kind of work they're putting into that show. It, it's, it's been out for a little while now. I don't have all that kind of crazy. They got some, they got cool shit on there. I, I like their podcast. Um, a couple times I'll listen to it. It's called sports clicks and politics it kind of covers, you know, sports. It'll cover like stuff that I talked about here a little bit differently, um, uh, especially since my brother-in-law's a Bills fan. So, you know, he's got a little bit of heartbreak going on with that. Um, but uh, they do that and then they dive deep into shit on COVID and they dive deep into shit on, you know, political stuff that's going on uh, nationally, but also, you know, because they're in Syracuse, New York, a lot of stuff's local about what's going on there in Syracuse. So uh, these guys do a podcast. It's really good. It's interesting. You know, if you want to get some insight on and some specifics on numbers and things that go on with COVID, it's it's I it's pretty impartial. I mean, it's it. Neither of these guys are journalists where they're you know fact checking and doing all that stuff. But some of the stuff they dive into is definitely interesting to see. Uh, you know, some like real effects of things that are going on. So uh, if you can, uh, I would definitely say check out uh, Lebetard and Friends on a podcast or on Spotify. Uh, Chris Long show is called Green Light. It's that's uh, really good, and then um, and then Sports Clicks and Politics is also really good, and uh, and then of course you getting pizza reviews from from El Presidente. I uh, I found a new pizza joint this week. It's pretty good. It, it was pretty good. I'm gonna have to. I might have to do that again this weekend. I think at some point. But um, but yeah, man, things are good. Starting to feel a little bit better, and uh, definitely. Definitely want to get more regular on topics and some stuff on here. And I'd love to get feedback, uh, you know, either on Facebook, if you want to DM me or uh, email me, norm16w at gmail.com. I'm open to like ideas for things to talk about. And I can kind of get into that stuff and see if I can, I can uh, filibuster for, for, you know, time on a particular topic. I'd definitely love to hear from people what they, what they think. But, um, but yeah, have a great weekend and definitely, um, Definitely kind of check us out later. Hey, America, check out 16W with Norman. All the self-deprecation and stupidity you can handle available wherever you download and listen. Rate, share, and review. I'm Chris Cody. Arrgh. Yeah, I feel dirty. I feel a little dirty, Norman, not going to lie.